Gen Divide is the best podcast on the planet. Just sit back and relax. Enjoy it, dang it. Gen Divide, such a cool idea um, to have grandfather and granddaughter doing a podcast. I'll have to check it out. Welcome to the 61st episode of the Gen Divide podcast. This is the Super Bowl episode. Yes. I'm one of your hosts, Scott. And I'm your other host, Grace, a well-known football expert. Yes, exactly. Long time, lifelong Oakland Raiders fan, Mm -hmm. now Las Vegas Raiders. You bleed black and silver. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. That's all true. So we are here. We decided we'd do a special Super Bowl episode where we are going to break down the Super Bowl play-by-play and let everyone relive the Super Bowl that was taken away by the referees, Grace. The mm. referees ruined this thing. They did. They did. I mean, I, I, I even was looking at some of the Twitter discourse after. Yeah. And, I mean, that was just such a such a bad call. Such Well, I won't say bad. A very um, interesting call. Yeah. That even the people in Mr. Beast's comments couldn't oh stop gosh. talking Mr. about Beast it. Oh, my gosh. Mr. Beast was even talking about it. The, uh, <laughs> you know, one thing, and, and I'll go ahead and... Uh, Tell all of our listeners, we are not going to talk about football this entire time. Sorry, that was all a lie. We had a different project, but it is very Super Bowl related. Mm -hmm. But one thing I wanted to point out real quick, because I know you were kind of paying attention and we did watch the game and you saw the ending and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've seen the replay of that penalty that got called several times. The best part of that whole deal to me was the way that uh, the Eagles coaching staff and players handled it after the game. And that mm-hmm. all of them just said, "Hey, that one—that's one play. It shouldn't, you know. You think about other, you know, plays going differently. We may not even been in that situation. We could have been up by ten. We could have, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so refreshing to see, you know, and hear them just say, you know, kind of take the weight off the refs making that call, right? Because it is kind of just BS if they're, you know, that the that the refs are going to get blamed for that, I guess, mm-hmm. but." I have to be honest, I don't, I don't know, I'm not completely sure what happened. Yeah. Like, I have the gist of it, but I don't think I was actually there, like, when it was called. I think I just saw, You like, came the, in right yeah. after. You had walked down the room for just a little mm-hmm. bit. As they were kind of <clears throat> rediscussing it or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand a whole lot of football rules anyways. It is my favorite sport to watch, though. Yeah. Which, so luckily, that's why we're not breaking down this, <laughs> right. this whole game <laughs> that way. I probably wouldn't. That's wouldn't okay. I am a Raiders fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, just not lifelong and not that close attention. But. Yeah, but still, a Raiders fan nonetheless. Yeah, of course. So there was one spot, though, during that uh, three or four hours of football wonderment where you were paying full attention, Grace. And yes, what was that? that's true. Well. Besides the Doritos commercials. <laughs> the Doritos commercials. Uh-huh. Um, when Rihanna took the field. Yes. Took the yeah. Rihanna and her tampons, as her Maddie what? would say. Her tampons. <laughs> I might have to explain that. Okay. Yeah. So I'll say. all right, Maddie calls tampons tampons okay. a lot. Um, right. It's just 
it's one of those accent things I that like it. has kind yeah. of been picked up in our household. Yeah. Um, and she was just calling them tampons because uh, the they were all dressed in white <laughs> and she was in red. Rihanna was. <laughs> it was Rihanna and her tampons. <laughs> when was she saying this? How did uh, I miss this? It was just this? like yesterday or Gosh, something. It's that amazing kid, though. She's sneaky funny. Mm-hmm. She is. Look at her. Here she comes Here bursting she comes. in. She hears everyone <laughs> singing her, her applaud. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, so that's what we kind of did. We decided about a week and a half ago when we were looking forward to Rihanna's halftime show. Mm-hmm. We thought, hey, why don't we go back and watch a bunch of the halftimes from years past? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we can kind of rank them, grade them, whatever we think would be appropriate. So out of nowhere, I don't even know why, Grace, we came up with 1986. And I think, or I did... You- yeah, you kind of promised me that that was like when you first started watching the Super Bowl. And that was, you know, part of it. So that was the 1985 season, but it had been the Super Bowl that was played in early 1986. And that was the first one I could really remember. But then somehow we found, we, when we <laughs> jumped on YouTube, we found a playlist that just started with 84, I think. The uh, first yeah, one maybe. we started with. So we mm-hmm. just thought, let's just jump to, ni- you know, 1984. So, in preparation for this podcast, and we watched every Super Bowl halftime performance (laughs) from 1984 until 2022, Mm -hmm. and we completed it about 30 minutes before kickoff for this year's Super Bowl. What a task it was. It was an absolute monster of a task. and that was... I don't know how we. I don't know how I didn't just do the math on it in terms <laughs> of the total t- amount of time that it we takes were going to spend. Fifteen minutes for each one. It, yeah, at least, and some of them, you know, they were. And then, you know, there were moments where we realized, oh, we missed one because the playlist that right. we had trusted on this whole thing. <laughs> Uh, but nonetheless, we started in 1984, went all the way through 2022, and then obviously within a few hours of finishing that, we got to watch Rihanna take the stage in 2023 mm-hmm. to basically bring us full circle, Grace. Yep. Um, so we started with 1984, as I've already said a couple mm-hmm. times, <laughs> and it was a completely different situation. As far as the halftime performance, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yes, definitely. What were your first thoughts about the early Super Bowl halftimes? Well, it was um, it was mainly you had some marching bands, and you did have dancers there who were doing choreography. First note on a lot of these early mm-hmm. ones, the dancers aren't even that good. No. Like, it looks like they didn't really practice it very much. Definitely not together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was that. And there were some other like weird moments, which I'll get into. I think I have some pretty good notes for each year individually, too. Sure. Um, and what makes it unique and special? Well, and we can kind of just do that. I mean, my thought was, uh, I definitely think there's some interesting things to point out with this, but let's just start with kind of that first bucket, which to me is 19, or at least as far as where we started, it would be 1984 until 1992. All of those, to me, had a very similar feel. And the way I would have classified those graces, they felt more like we were watching a parade than yeah. we were watching a halftime, you know, yeah. like a Super Bowl halftime performance. It was definitely. Yeah, Just like that. no one you ever had seen before in your life. Very few. There was a few. There like There was like people. 1989 or one of those chubby checker shows up, you know. Uh, and uh, there were a few new others. New Kids on the Block in 91. Yeah. 
they made a splash. And that was even then. I feel like that may have been one of those early uh, precursors as to, okay, well, maybe we should be getting big hits to show yeah. up instead of just cool? Elvis impersonators mm-hmm. and un unpolished dancers or whatever, but, uh, nonetheless, so let's jump into it real quick like that. Uh, we can kind of go quick through these, these first, like I said, 84 to 92. So 84 was Disney inspired is what I've got. My notes are Mm -hmm. poor TV production feels like a parade. And again, the TV (laughs) part was a big part of that. They, Mm -hmm. I mean, they really were operating with like three cameras. And so you Mm -hmm. either had this really (laughs) wide view from the top of the stadium one that was kind of too close to really see a whole lot, and then there was just another one outside of the stadium that every once in a while would just flash for fireworks, I guess. Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> they didn't even really pick good moments to switch the cameras. No. It was it was kind of messy. For my notes on 84, I have uh, I didn't really get what they were trying to do, and they had those really freaky monkeys. Yes. Like that did I don't know how that's related to Disney or what they were trying to do at all. But there were these monkeys and put they had hands, human hands, and then something else. They had beaks, like beaks. bird beaks. Yeah, they had bird <laughs> I don't know beaks. that they were monkeys, but I know <laughs> they did kind of look like monkeys, but there was I don't know what that was. I was wondering, was it a Wizard of Oz reference or Maybe? What was the other thing we talked about? Jungle Book, maybe? Or something Disney owns. Not not Jungle Book. I mean, well, it was all Disney-related stuff. but Yeah, yeah, except for those monkeys. So that was the hardest one for me because I immediately wrote down... uh, I've got them scratched down. I gave it a C first because my thought was, how can I get... I mean, you almost have to look at each of these as to the era that they're in, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like in sports, you can't really, it's very hard to compare LeBron James, for instance, with Wilt Chamberlain. They just played in two different eras completely. Stats are different. The three-point line's there now, all this stuff, sure. right? Well, it was the same thing then. I mean, they just didn't, you know, have the big stars showing up because mm-hmm. the Super Bowl wasn't quite the spectacle that it is now, but... I changed it from a C. It went all the way down to an F at one point, and then I landed <laughs> on a D plus. So, oh, um, but moving on quickly here mm. because we'll fly through some of these. 1985 right. was all about children's dreams. This one just seemed creepy. That's what I wrote down. Was <laughs> it's a little creepy. It was. It was really weird because they had kids out there for the first part, but then the rest was just adults acting out the kids' dreams. Yes, it was odd. <laughs> Which I guess makes sense because you would be doing those as an adult. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't love it. It wasn't a great theme no, that they picked. I gave that one a D minus. Um, all I wrote for that was jetpack. <clears throat> yes, yes. That guy. <laughs> they had a guy, and he had a jetpack on. It was legit too. It was. I mean, this was not a string because it looked a little wobbly and unstable at times, and everyone. <laughs> went nuts he didn't go that high he maybe went 30 feet in the air and did a little mm-hmm. roundabout and then came back and landed but yeah that was kind of funny next year 1986 this was the most trivial year of all for me i gave it an <laughs> f it was martin luther king jr inspired which for me meant i immediately was like oh my gosh this one's gonna be great right but then i didn't understand how a single bit of it was related to dr no. king in any no. way uh, it was the worst lip syncing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and that's pretty much it. Just that I've got, like, basically there were weird, uh, I said, uh, the other note I had here was it felt like cruise ship bands the whole time. Oh, Just like, okay. you know, 
Didn't understand what was going on, though. It was very right, odd. Right. Yeah, they had an easy way to uh, win you over with your hero there. But it was weird that they they mentioned mm. MLK in the beginning and said that it was a tribute to him or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, a minute went by, and I kind of f- completely forgot about that because it had nothing to do with him until they mentioned him again in the middle. And I was like, oh, we're still oh, on yeah. this. <laughs> I right. forgot about That's this. That's right. Um, and I was trying to come up with a way that it could have been a tribute to him. And I was like, because I feel like they were referencing a lot of movies with this one, right? So yeah. So I was like, maybe these were MLK's favorites. But then I remember no, no. he died before Yeah, this was all 80s stuff. Because, yeah, it had, a, it had a moment. when, And I don't even know if it was referencing it. But it had music from Back to the Future and from, and then it had Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA was in it. Not by them. Covered by the cruise ship band, I guess. (laughs) But, you know, again, it was almost like they had this great idea, and then they forgot what the idea was and just went a different (laughs) direction. And then a couple points they thought, oh, yeah, mention Dr. King again. (laughs) Throw his name in there again. It was uh, was a little ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think, to me, it would have just been having a really good band, like even a college marching band or whatever, Mm -hmm. and like playing... You know, the I have a dream speech over it while, you know, you have some other, you know, kind of more of a, just a tribute, just keep it really clean and Mm -hmm. simple. Uh, Again, nonetheless. So that was the first F I gave. 1987, the next year was another F from me. It was Hollywood's land of make-believe. This, we did see a star in this for the time in the 80s, George Burns is in it. And uh, again, though, I was I was wondering if you knew who George Burns was. Uh, no, I still don't. I, no. rem- I don't remember he that man He was the old all. guy at the beginning of it. Oh, yeah. I, one of my notes is weird old man. I wonder if that was him. <laughs> yes, definitely. It was, it was definitely George Burns. Um, uh, <clears throat> Goofy came back for this one. Yeah, Goofy was in it because he came back from 1984 for this. <laughs> I wrote down just still very parade feel and poor dancing. Um mm. Yeah, there was the really weird moment with George Burns. Yeah, the creepy thing, because it was like he was with a Disney character, right? It looked like Snow White. I think it was Snow White. And he said, a little too old for me, when Snow White kind of put her arm around him. (laughs) He did. And George Burns was like typical. George Burns was always old in my memory, but in 1987, (laughs) he was probably pushing 90-something, so... It was a little creepy, uh, nonetheless. So another <laughs> Love F. Love it. <laughs> 1988, uh, Radio City Music Hall. Um, the pianos. Yeah. this that was, was cool. I gave it a D even. This was also Chubby Checker shows up, so you've got another kind of at least name everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like the the... You know, again, not nothing special by any means, but it, it really mm-hmm. just felt like coming off those last two years, it was like, okay, well, at least there's not just a total fail in this one, you <laughs> right. know? It just felt dated more than anything. Yeah, it was just a little boring, but I thought it was good. I thought the pianos were really cool. Yeah. Uh, 89, I gave an F. It was Bebop Bamboozled. Mm-hmm. This is where you had the fake Elvis running around, uh... Felt I wrote down. Felt a little more organized, but still very much more like a parade than a halftime show. This was the one where they were doing like the magic kind of right, like a card trick or something that they yes. kept, or they were referencing that. Yeah, and I feel like they also had weird visual effects. Like they kept cutting to like this. I don't know how you would describe it. Yeah, it's almost like the person was standing in front of a green screen or whatever. These weird like. 
I don't know. It, it just feels like a show from the 80s, yeah. maybe. You know, I don't really have any recollection of most any of these so far. Oh. I just wonder, though, you know, how people these, like when you get to these last, say, 10 years or whatever, and the halftime show is just huge, you know, and you've got mm-hmm. people like yourself. I mean, you, like you said, you like to watch football some, but... You were watching that for Rihanna. You know, you were ready for the mm-hmm. Rihanna moment. And there's been previous years uh, where it's the same thing. All of a sudden, the living room fills at halftime, and then everyone leaves again when the football <laughs> game comes back on. I try to stay for the commercials, too. <clears throat> yeah. But I just wonder in the 80s and 90s, and early 90s at least, were people watching these just going, Wow. Disney really did it this time, or Radio Music, Radio City Music Hall really knows how to put on a show, you know? Um, or were they all looking at it like, like what eh, is going whatever. on? What does this yeah. have to do with Dr. King? <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of wonder, like, I don't know, when did the half, like, was it a big deal back then to people? I don't know. I can't remember. This mm-hmm. is one where we're going to need another generation above me probably to answer because yeah. I feel like this was during my childhood, these years that we're at so far, and I can tell you like we would watch the first half of a game like the Super Bowl or a college bowl like the Cotton Bowl or something like mm-hmm. that. And then I mean as a kid, all you want to do is go play after you watch something like that. So <laughs> yeah. we would leave. I feel like at halftime and probably most of the third quarter I was out in the Yard, you know, mm-hmm. throwing passes up against a wall or something like that. that. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving mm-hmm. on, 1990. I gave this one an F as well. It was 40 years of Charlie Brown. This one was just also just super ridiculous. The only thing I did like in this was when the the uh, jazz clarinet showed up <laughs> at some point. Pete Falcon which I don't know mm-hmm. that I'd ever heard of him till this, but right. legendary New Orleans uh, jazz. I guess it was a clarinet. Could have been something else. I don't know. My band I, instruments as good as I should. I couldn't really tell you because <clears throat> looking at my notes right now, I'm not sure when we stopped the first night, but we kind of watched a few of them yeah. one night and then the rest during like uh, the day of the Super Bowl. Yes. This one, though, I think I was starting to get kind of bogged down by all of these Super Bowls and all I wrote was Charlie Brown, I guess, to just remind me of what it was, but I really don't remember much of it at all. Yeah. No, you didn't uh, You didn't miss much, for sure. Mm. 1991, uh, it was an all-kids cast. Right. Do you remember this one? Which, you know, finally gave them ex- an excuse to have that terrible, like, dancing and choreography. Yeah. Yes. It, you're right. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing, I gave this one a C. Because to me, the the great thing about this was, one, you had new kids on the block there. So Mm -hmm. I think this was kind of the beginning of them saying, okay, let's get some more, you know, some larger names to show up. New kids were gigantic at that point, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Uh, Warren Moon, quarterback for the Houston Oilers, came out and did a bit with a kid where he kind of (laughs) was just kind of running around on the field. Um, Yeah, I can remember that. uh, You also had George and Barbara Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not there, but they came through kind of on some type of, you know, Video. yeah, feed or whatever. Uh, and then Mickey Mouse, which he wasn't as impressive, but nonetheless, I felt like mm-hmm. this one, 
again, given that it was all kids, it really wasn't all kids. It was all kids <laughs> dancing around, but then it was like, you know, whatever. And this was right. also a, a, a good one in terms of they did a really cool tribute to the troops uh, mm-hmm. that were in Desert Storm at that time and uh, brought didn't they, yeah. they brought kids of the onto troops onto the, the field and kind of let everyone give them good. a standing ovation. Yeah. So it was kind of an emotional one. Right. This is where you can tell like the Super Bowl is starting to become a little bit aware of what tribute means. Yes. Just a little yeah. bit more. Five years late for Dr. <laughs> King, but nonetheless. Yeah. Sorry. Nonetheless. Sorry about that. So I did, I kind of liked that one. Uh, 1992, though, was a giant step back. If I could have given this one, if there was such thing as an <laughs> F minus, I would have given this one an F minus. But it was winter magic. What about Gloria Stefan? Gloria Stefan was there. She just doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I, I didn't listen to her back then. I don't even know. I guess she was a big name back then. I mean, I'm sure she was because I had heard of her, but Probably. I don't I know. Never had. You I'm had uh, ice skaters, roller. At one point, they start with ice skaters on this weird stage, but then all of a sudden, there's rollerbladers out on like a platform and they're jumping and all of a sudden you'll just be watching like Gloria Stefan and then someone goes flying across the screen doing a flip and it's a rollerblader. Mm-hmm. It just felt like extremely, I wrote down screen. extremely unorganized and didn't flow. They kind of cut to the widescreen there. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was not bad. great. No. And to me, that's the end of that first generation, or at least the parts that we watched. I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, we found another playlist that went all the way back into the 70s, and I'm really glad we didn't find that one first and decide, like, well, let's just start with, you know, 76 or whatever, you know. Right. Um, so nonetheless, though, uh, 1993 was to me, like, it is the beginning of the Super Bowl saying we need the biggest names now, right? So it's mm-hmm. 1993, and the Super Bowl brings out Michael Jackson. This is going to be a big deal now. It was, a, it was an awesome performance. Um, I would say, if anything, I think the performance was great, but maybe the production and camera work wasn't that great. You know, there was just a mm-hmm. lot of where they weren't in the right place at the right time. And again, I think right. just being so early and so much of that. Yeah, I think this this performance, this halftime, definitely deserves a lot of credit for being kind of the first one where they gave the like definite lead to a major star of the time. But uh, I will say this one just kind of felt like a concert. So like yes. in the grand scheme of all of these, it wasn't that great, but obviously you have to put a lot of respect to this one. Exactly. And that kind of brings us to like, to me, that's as we go from 93 up into the early 2000s, really, to me, there's almost this weird balance of concerts and then like almost just like um, who's who type things, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just like, oh my gosh, every time someone <laughs> new shows up. <laughs> yeah. And I was, for the most part, I wasn't I wasn't going back and looking. You were at some point. Mm-hmm. And so there was a few of these where it was just like one person after another would start <laughs> popping out. And it was really fun to relive some of this oh, again. Because yes. now we're getting into these 90s. This is where I feel like I did remember most of them. Um, but Michael, that was a, a gigantic one in 1993. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was kind of the launching point for them going after megastars. 1994, and I gave that an A, an even A, mm, not an A plus, just an, an even A. And okay. because I think it's just such a monumental performance, um, mm-hmm. 
but could have could have definitely been better. Um, Nineteen ninety four. Then they go with a lot of mega stars again. This time, several of them, but it's all country music stars. Mm-hmm. Which again, nothing against that at all. I don't know where that Super Bowl was or why they decided to go that route. That could have been. I don't think that. One, I mean, it definitely wasn't in Texas. I don't believe, but. Uh, nonetheless, it had Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, uh, the Judds, and then this was also one where all of a sudden Stevie Wonder was in the background. And I just yeah, remember I thinking, like, that. why yeah. is Stevie Wonder in the background? I mean, to me, uh, again, in the moment, mm-hmm. 1994, those were all really big names in country music, but still, this is Stevie freaking Wonder. Why is he just standing back there backup <laughs> singing for the Judds or whatever? Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. Country. I mean, it just, coming off of Michael Jackson, this one was just really a bummer for me. Yeah. Because Michael Jackson, obviously, you know, he's iconic, and I'm going to know all of the songs that sure. he's doing at the Super Bowl. This one, I don't know any of these country music stars. I don't think I knew any of the songs that they sang. No. And it wasn't that interesting either. Well, you know, so they were all big at the time. They weren't the biggest, I would say, in 1994, but they were all probably top 10, 15 mm-hmm. performers in country music. One of the emotional parts was the Judds, and I don't know where this fell in, but I feel like if my memory serves, and I should have researched it, researched this before, <laughs> the mom was real sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I so see. they came out. First, Winona did a song, and then the mom came out, and they did Love Can Build a Bridge. And, and then, again, they kind of also mm-hmm. made that to where it was about the kids and all this stuff. So right. um, I gave that one an A-. minus. I thought that one, I, again, I don't think I loved, you know, the performances that mm-hmm. much, but I love the fact that it was just like one – one after another. Right. I think that a lot would, of people. This to me signifies the type of Super Bowl halftime performance I liked the most. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, wow, he's there too. She's there too. <laughs> oh wow, look, they just keep coming out. You know, right? And we'll get to that for me in a little bit. But this one, I don't know. The I, genre and time frame killed it, kind of for you, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think even today, I think if you dedicated a Super Bowl halftime to country and today's like country stars i don't think many people well i mean people would like it but i think it would get a lot of flack yeah exactly uh i'm with you on that uh 1995 um this one i'm having a hard time indiana jones yeah it was indiana jones i believe they were in new orleans i think Mm -hmm. um it was kind of a weird I mean, they they did a lot of... There was a a moment where Indiana Jones is trying to save the Super Bowl trophy from a weird tribe of something, and uh, and he does, of course. Patti LaBelle's in it. uh, Tony Bennett's in it for quite a while. To me, I I gave this one a B, and I felt like it just felt very Vegas-influenced, even on top of the Indiana Jones stuff. I don't know Hmm. why, just the dancers, Tony Bennett, all of it. Yeah. I, again, I didn't think this one was bad, and I kind of liked what they were trying to do with the Indiana Jones, which was oh, almost sure. like play a movie into mm-hmm. the halftime. You know, I loved it. This one was one of my favorites up to this point. Nice, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a lot of notes, but I did enjoy watching it. Yeah, and they kind of just brought a story into the performances as well. Mm-hmm. So, 1996 um, was Diana Ross. 
And the escape helicopter. And the yes, and it was only Diana Ross. Am I right on that? I don't have any other names so. written down. Yeah. So this was kind of going back to more of the Michael feel where you've just got one mega star while probably in the sunset of her career. Nonetheless, she was mm-hmm. an absolute mega star. Uh I felt like I the only note I really have here was uh Diva Big Production. Like I felt mm-hmm. like they really brought it out to just kind of show her her star off more than anything. Right. It it I loved it too. I yeah. think that one was really good. I also just have love on this one, so that was two in a row that I thought thought were really good and I really enjoyed. Yeah, I gave that one a B plus. 1997. This was one of the ones we originally missed. Yes. Uh, and it was the Blues Brothers. And so I don't know if this is around the time that the Blues Brothers reboot movie came back out, but mm-hmm. I got a chance to kind of educate you on what the Blues Brothers were mm-hmm. and and I guess are. Um, and I thought this one, you know, this one was surprisingly good because we <laughs> skipped it, came back for it. Remember? Right. And so it's the Blues Brothers, but James Brown, who one of my all time favorites. Uh, shows up. ZZ Top shows up. Um, and I really, one of the moments that in watching this, I had no memory of this at all. But when the Blues Brothers are performing, it's at the very end and everyone's performing together. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, an older James Brown on stage, but nonetheless could still move and, you know, could dance very well and everything. And, and Jim Belushi... And James Brown basically kind of ha- start having like a dance battle in the middle of the <laughs> stage where all they're doing is staring at each other and dancing. Oh, wow. Everyone else is singing and jumping around. And I just felt like, you know, Jim Belushi, which again, you know, John Belushi, his brother, was one of the original Blues Brothers and a, a Saturday Night Live uh, legend kind of. But mm. this is the brother. Also great career, good actor, all that stuff. But it was just really funny, you know, watching... I'm going to guess a 70-year-old James Brown. I may be off on that, maybe 60-something at that point, uh, kind of facing off with this Jim, you know, with Jim Belushi <laughs> in the center of the stage. But I gave that one a B as well. Um, yeah. No, I mean, once when you explained it to me, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. I'm sure... If I had been alive and doing stuff in this time, I would have thought this one was pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know. It, it's, you know, so like the original uh, movie um, and then even the reboot, I think they were entertaining. They're fun because they kind of build a lot of music into it and mm-hmm. they're yeah, fun. That's a cool idea that they had. Um, moving on then, 1998 was 40 years of Motown. Gave this one an A minus. I thought this one was outstanding. The Temptations started it off, gave it to Smokey Robinson, uh, went to a few other artists, but then ended up with Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a lot of fun to kind of just get the rewind out and go back to the late 90s and see Boys to Men perform Motown Philly. Right. That was awesome. I loved when they came on in their um, entrance. I did not like when they started a slow song. Yes, it just yeah. wasn't really my cup of tea. I was like, "Why are we bringing the energy down now?" Yeah. Wasn't it also like I can't? I don't have that written down what it was, but I feel like was it kind of a "Let's all love one another" type song? Kind of, you know. Possibly. I feel like every few years that gets mixed into the Super Bowl. Like Michael <laughs> did it too because he did "We Are the World" mm-hmm. at the end of his, and there's been a few like that. And the "Love Can Build a Bridge" thing kind of was like that. Um, I don't know. I just wonder every once in a while the Super Bowl decides like 
maybe everyone's a little too hostile with each other. So let's just (laughs) kind of bring this down a little (laughs) bit, you know, Uh, pulling everyone's heartstrings just a a tad. Um, So I thought that was good. A minus 1999 uh, with Stevie Wonder back. This time they at least give him some. You some know, some of the do. front of the stage. Mm-hmm. Gloria Stefan is back as well. <laughs> Look at her. And Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was there, which I, <laughs> I that don't was have like his a name written down. It was like, well, I think it was a whole band <laughs> and they were uh, like a swing band. Like there was this okay. weird moment in the in the mid to late 90s where like this swing rock got real popular. Okay. Um, and I feel like they were one of the, the big bands that kind of played into that. Mm-hmm. I gave it a B. Uh, I love Stevie. Um, Gloria, again, never <laughs> really got into her back in the day. But, I mean, gosh, she's already got two Super Bowls in this yes, short period of time we've been watching. <laughs> uh, also, you remember on this one, too, uh, the, they had, and I, I didn't catch the name or write it down, but they had some legendary tap dancer come out. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? And Stevie's playing yes. maybe Superstitious or something on the piano mm-hmm. and singing, and that guy's tap dancing. And then Stevie gets up and tap dances with him. Mm-hmm. thought that was a really cool moment. Um, 2000. Um, it Disney was Millennium. Disney Millennium. So this one was Christina Aguilera, cool. uh, Enrique Iglesias, Phil Collins, and Tony Braxton. I thought this was a really weird group, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, Christina Aguilera and Enrique Iglesias performed together, and that that went pretty well. But mm-hmm. uh, it just felt like there was a lot going on. That's what yeah, I wrote on this one. They had a lot of interesting like props and sets going on, and people were going up and down in, on this uh, rig sort of thing. Um, this one... I didn't really enjoy watching, but I do think being there in person for this one would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, the uh, yeah, I gave it an A minus, but I really can't. I'm I'm kind of struggling. I feel like there was something. I really just wanted uh, a little bit more out of Phil Collins, if anything, on this. It was like Phil yeah. Collins and Tony Braxton both showed up, but then they didn't sing the songs I would have wanted them to sing. So. <laughs> Um, all right, so on to 2001. Grace, this was my first A+. Nice. This one is one of my favorites. This one was awesome, I thought. Mm-hmm. So it, it was. this one was absolute like one star after another. And this is yeah, the perfect example great. of what I'm talking about. So the entire uh, halftime show opens with a video of Ben mm-hmm. Stiller, and he's kind of in his dodgeball character, uh, if you're familiar with that movie, Dodgeball. Uh, where he's the nemesis, kind of the bad guy, real high ego, cocky guy. Mm -hmm. And he's giving a pep talk to all the performers. But it was almost like happening so fast, and I was watching Ben so much, (laughs) I didn't really look at the room. Did you? Uh, No. Like, I don't think I even realized one artist that was, but I believe they were all in it because I do know that when they all kind of took off running, you could definitely see a couple of the NSYNC guys, Mm -hmm. and they were the first band up. Yes. So it started with them singing Bye 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 Bye. I don't know if that's the name bye, of bye, the song. <laughs> um, and it was great. One note, I believe I mentioned this a few times while yeah. we were watching these halftime shows, but um, InSync was great. I loved it. I I think, 
I don't know. I just love the boy band energy. But the thing is, American boy bands today, like in all of the ones I can think of from the past like 10 years, they don't do that anymore. They no. don't dance on stage. No. And this is like super choreographed dancing, yes. like where they are all in just like lockstep with mm-hmm. each other and kind of playing off of each other. And that's what I want. That's, yeah. all, I, that's all I want. Give the is people what they want. Don't just stand up there and kind of walk around lollygagging around. Do a dance. So as NSYNC is kind of wrapping that up, then Aerosmith shows up. Yeah, look at that. And they just absolutely <laughs> bring it. I mean, and, it was and, awesome. Yes, it was awesome. Um, and they kind of had a back and forth with each other. And then they settle kind of on singing. Uh, you hear the beginning of Walk This Way, which, mm-hmm. again, was like early MTV. Aeros- it was the first thing I knew of Aerosmith. And they had also done a, a collaboration on Walk This Way with Run DMC back then. And it was a really cool music video. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, so that the beginning of that song, which is very recognizable, starts off. And boom, here comes Britney Spears. <laughs> there she is. And it's like we were just talking about because Britney Spears, we follow her on the Gen Divide uh, Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And we follow her on Instagram. And... I don't know, just a little wild, a little wheels off lately. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, almost like, what is she doing? She just dances for like a, <laughs> you know, full sixty seconds, and it just feels very violent almost sometimes. <laughs> but nonetheless, mm-hmm. it was really cool to kind of see her, and that was absolute prime Britney Spears. Uh, and then Mary J. Blige comes out, yep. and Nelly comes out, mm-hmm. and uh, I just thought this one was absolutely perfect. I mean, everything from the little video at the beginning. To just mm-hmm. how they kind of brought one artist out after another. Right. And then I think Aerosmith, just the energy they brought kind of to me was what I felt through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess NSYNC and Aerosmith were kind of like, they, they were like the headliners, really. Yes. They didn't do a Britney song, I don't think. No, they did Which I wish they would have. I really wish that Britney would have done a halftime yeah. on her own. I think that that would have been amazing. Oh, yeah, definitely. No doubt. Oh, so, and then uh, one more thing. Yes. Nelly's half and half jersey. I need one of those. Ooh. <laughs> what were the two halves? Uh, I couldn't really tell. I, it could have been the two teams. That's what I would like yeah, to imagine, I but bet I didn't it know was. who was playing. I so bet I it was. So uh, moving on to 2002, Grace. This is my second A plus back to back. Oh, really? A plus years. Yeah, this <laughs> one was. Uh, this one was completely different. From uh, 2001, there was only one mm-hmm. performer. It was U2, so really a band, I guess you could say. I thought this was the one, though, where it was the absolute perfect tribute. So this is mm-hmm. basically just months after 9-11. It's mm-hmm. early in 2002. Uh, they did a tribute with all of the names of the lives lost at 9-11, where they were streaming behind uh, U2, while they sang the street, uh, where the streets have no names, mm-hmm. and um, man, I don't know. Even watching it now, it was I, like I cried watching this now. You yeah. know, and this is twenty <laughs> twenty one years later. But man, just the performance really uh, was awesome. The names, just everything about it was outstanding. And I'm not the biggest U2 fan by any means, but I just Mm -hmm. thought it was outstanding. And then to top it all off at the very end, U2, an an Irish band, uh, but but, um, they uh, Bono had the 
American flag inside of his leather jacket. Oh, yeah, so he kind of pulls one. his the side of his jacket out at the very mm-hmm. end as he's like finishing the final note of the song. And man, the whole place went nuts. I mean, yeah, it just nice. felt like it was shaking right then. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I can't imagine the emotion that was in that building throughout that performance, mm-hmm. you know, given what the country had just been through. I just yeah. thought, I mean, to me, it was the perfect. Uh, Post 9-11. Yeah, or just even like that's how you do a tribute. You know what I mean? Right. Just keep it really clean. Keep it really, you know, actually pay tribute with the mm-hmm. names going up and a really... It was kind of just even the song. I mean, he dialed it back, I felt like, because mm-hmm. what was more important was the names, you know? So right. thought it was great. They did good with that. Um, yeah. Um, 2003 was uh, Shania Twain, No Doubt, and Sting. Pretty pretty good lineup there. Yeah. Again, I wrote down smaller in production. Felt like a, a concert, though. Um, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I love No Doubt. I loved them back then. Still listen to their music now. Uh, Shania was... I mean, that was probably... I think I even said it to you. That's peak power Shania Twain right there. Because <laughs> I can't remember what she sang in this. But, I mean, it was... You could tell everyone in the stadium knew the knew the lyrics. Yeah. And she was kind of a crossover. You know, she started country music. But everything she sang at that Super Bowl was stuff that felt way more poppy. I know that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was good. I believe she is uh, one of Avril Lavigne's biggest listed musical influences. Really? So I should be a lot more familiar with her music, probably. Yeah, you probably need to spend a little time there. Yeah. Um, I No, I didn't know anything that she sang, but it was cool. I liked what she did. And then um, as far as No Doubt, uh, Gwen Stefani's vocals were not quite the Gwen Stefani that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Um, but Just a Girl is obviously a top-tier song yes. and is amazing, and it was good. And then I said, ultimately, this was better than U2, but not O one. What do you mean? Um, like, I liked this better than uh, last year's, but oh, okay. not more than uh, NSYNC and Aerosmith. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I gotcha. Um, and because they didn't bring Shania Twain back at the end. Like, No Doubt and Sting were doing something together, and Yeah, she never gone. reappeared. No, I didn't like that. You know, and that's one thing I wrote down on this, too, was that we, we, we really, like, started paying attention. From the beginning, really, was lip syncing to me. Like, who's lip syncing mm-hmm. and who is really performing? And there were a few where we thought they should have lip synced because it was not good. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. just like it just wasn't clean or the you know vocals didn't come out strong enough or whatever. But this was one to me where it was like clear Shania did and they didn't. No Doubt and Sting didn't. No Doubt definitely didn't. And I just didn't mm-hmm. think like I loved it still, but it was just like not clean. You know what I mean? Because yeah. she was running around a lot, Stefani was, and mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, it did feel like a real concert because right. of that, but it just wasn't uh, quite as polished feeling, mm-hmm. coming off Shania Twain especially. Um, 2004 was uh, Jessica Simpson. We get Janet Jackson, and of course this one is uh, very Janet. memorable. Also <laughs> had uh, P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, uh, and then, of course, Justin Timberlake comes out yeah. at the end and performs with Janet, which leads to the famous wardrobe malfunction. 
Mm-hmm. Even outside of the wardrobe malfunction, I have quite a few notes on this. Okay, give them to so me. So this is a good year for that. Um, Jessica Simpson, we transitioned from away from her very quickly. Yeah. Like she was she was there for like ten seconds, and then it was on to the next person. Which was that was basically her career. I feel like or her, <laughs> you know, it was very much like. And I mm-hmm. we we even talked about it right then. I was like, what did she do? I mean, because it did mm-hmm. feel like a very much a flash in the pan, our time with Jessica Simpson. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But she gets lumped in, like you said, with Brittany and <laughs> Christina Aguilera. And people was like, were, but what did she really do? Right, because Christina and Brittany had so so much talent in different areas, like vocally with Christina. And then Brittany is such a performer. Yeah. And then Jessica Simpson, I don't really know what, like, what, was, what made her great. I don't know. We can't say. Um, P. Diddy floats like Jesus. I think that I quoted you on that a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, every, you would, you kept saying one-liners like that. Every time (laughs) someone was floating or falling from the sky, you would give some sort of line like that. And I would just have to write it down. It's so funny. That one was a lot of fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I gave this one an A minus and, I like here's my thing on this. Like I, I, I thought uh, I'm not the biggest Kid Rock fan, but I thought again just brought a ton of energy and a fun performance from him. P Diddy and Nelly were good. They kind of played off of each other a little bit, and then the wardrobe malfunction at the end, which in my memory was not very. And we talked about this with Alan. I think was I don't remember it being quite as clear and long mm-hmm. as it was but we've watched it twice now in the last couple weeks and, and um because we watched it before the janet one our, our janet podcast mm-hmm. and then we watched it again for this and it really is like lingering and my thing is i definitely do not think it was an accident i will not believe that you that's an accident it? no because he rips it <laughs> off and it was like clearly like it was Velcroed on or something like that. Like yeah. it was meant to be removed and okay. in that fashion. And I get it. Like if he was just going to like pull his hand across her chest real fast, I mean, you wouldn't touch her, right? <laughs> I mean, that's maybe weird. Maybe he wasn't, he wasn't meaning to or it, it, what, he wasn't maybe. It was just yeah. I just feel like too, something. like the way both of their heads kind of go to looking at her boob once it's exposed, <laughs> it's just like a weird deal. There was no immediate effort on her part to cover it, I mean, nor his, and he didn't like immediately have this look of like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. It was more yeah, like, I feel like it was part of it, and it would, I don't know what they say. It would be shock, I guess. I mean, I feel like Janet has said that that was not planned, and I'm just going to take her word for that and say that it was just a malfunction. Probably Um, was, but I'm not going to believe it. Yeah, we don't know. This is uh, Justin Timberlake's second time at the halftime show, this time without the other four guys. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He came back. uh, You know, NSYNC was there, what was it, four years before or five years Mm -hmm. before, something like that. Or just three, actually. I'm sorry. 2001. This is 2004. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't bring them with him. Nope. And he we'll see all about him. in a few years where <laughs> it works the other way around. And we'll get to that example here in yes. a second. Um, I uh, Let's see. As far as the wardrobe malfunction, I did really like the parts leading up to it with Justin and Janet. I thought they did really good with what they were, whatever they were doing on stage. I liked yeah. that. Um, something I didn't love as much, Kid Rock. That was really annoying. I hated every second really? that he was on the screen. Gosh. I know. It, 
Why is it? You don't like the music? Or I have a theory on why you don't. Okay. okay. One of my theories would be that you immediately equate Kid Rock with the ridiculous that was Woodstock 99 or whatever Um, in that documentary that we watched. Because I didn't really watch that, but I heard you and Dylan talking about it. You didn't watch it with us? His name like was kind of... Okay. With that, and I kind of knew like something yeah. was shady with that. But the main reason this time, and uh, this might make me sound bad, but I, he's not really a good person, is he? So I can. I don't know. Find. I don't know that he has a bunch of bad things in his history. Okay. But go well, ahead. He is so effing ugly. Like I could not stand it. I couldn't. I, I was like, why are you making me look at him? And then another thing, he's wearing an American flag with a hole cut in it for his head. Um, I thought that wasn't allowed. Yeah, like, I don't we know. See a lot of people wear, we see a lot know. of people wearing American flags, and I didn't really like care or think of it too much. But when he did it, I was like, you're not supposed to do that. I Get didn't off know we stage. were judging performers on looks. No, Grace. you didn't? No. Well, I can't. I'm I mean, kidding. I I'm have kidding. it this whole time, but like. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely not. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I don't know. To me, it was strictly the energy. You know, that's what it was. Mm. He kind of like just took it to a whole nother level uh, when he came out there, I thought. And then, you know, everyone <laughs> fed off of that for sure. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. He's the only one who I made that judgment on. Yeah. I, something about him just really invites that. I gave it an A minus, probably one of the most historically important ones because of the malfunction, though, is yeah, what I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on to 2005, now I feel like we go into this like period of these are truly concerts again. That's what I've gotten written mm-hmm. down here. 2005 was Paul McCartney playing nothing but the hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, ends it with Hey Jude, the crowd's going crazy. Mm-hmm. This was one, too, where I thought, you know how we were talking about how the fans that get to come out by the stage at these events yeah. are plants, right? We we think that most of the time that these are fully vetted, possibly not even fans that just go out there and act excited. Right. With Paul McCartney, I don't think that was the case. There were people mm-hmm. like literally trying to crawl over each other to oh get closer. <laughs> and there was like a couple times where it flashed out the crowd and it looked like people were sing crying. Like and you only see mm-hmm. that with Beatles and Michael Jackson, where you see people <laughs> singing along and they're in such like a frenzy of emotion, they're crying mm. while they're singing along <laughs> with them. And that was happening with Paul McCartney. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, this one was another one it, that was kind of boring for me to watch, but I also think it would have been really cool to be there for this one. Oh yeah, no doubt. I gave it a B just because it was kind of just this weird transition from all these giant hit uh, giant names the year before to just Paul McCartney, but he was awesome. Mm-hmm. 2006, we stick with the... Um, the uh, England invasion or European invasion, whatever you want to call it, with the Rolling Stones, uh, they performed. I would say this. I was not a Rolling Stones fan. I'm not a Rolling Stones fan. I do like some of their songs. The sound wasn't really good on no, this one. it wasn't. It was and pretty then, bad. But I would say that Mick Jagger is absolutely mesmerizing to watch. Just how <laughs> he think? moves and everything about mm. him. I mean, it was mesmerizing. I, I, I like this was one we didn't, you know, we didn't really fast forward any on this because I did keep thinking something big is about to happen. And I it, don't think anything ever really no, did. No, it was just them and they were huge though. I mean, they're huge and yeah, fair. he was just all over the place and just mm-hmm. full of energy. Right. This one, um, I, I liked their stage, especially when they, because they, they had this like, uh, 
drape kind of thing, like a yes. blanket over the middle of it where like the tongue is. And then like at some point during one of the songs, it like disappeared. Yeah, pulled back. And yeah. there were people there yes. sitting under it. I thought that was weird too because that whole first song, they were just underneath that. <laughs> it was like a tarp in the shape of the tongue that is yeah. the Rolling Stones logo, but it was gigantic. I mean, it was half, it felt like it was half the football field. And I'm like, so all these people were under there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Oh. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Uh, it was a good concert yes. once again. I, I would like to see them take bigger advantage of what's at their disposal and like the largeness of the field. Yeah, no doubt. 2007, this was my third A+. Oh, really? Yep, and this was another one, just one performer, and it was Prince, and it was freaking amazing. (laughs) And it was raining, which I believe those were real, it was real rain going Mm -hmm. on as he's singing Purple Rain. And there's just, I don't know, it was just amazing. And I think just the fact of you know we 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 lost prince too early i feel like and it was you know just he was again one of those early early influences for me the very first i can remember staying up late to watch friday night videos to watch when doves cry the video for that Mm -hmm. and and just i mean he was amazing in it though i thought it was a great performance just in terms of individuals carrying the halftime I thought that was the best just one-act performance that we watched throughout the entire thing. Right. Uh, His looked pretty cool. I I was having trouble paying attention during this one, though. Yeah. Um, His two backup dancers, he only had two the whole time. And that's like, I've never seen someone only have two for as long as he did. And I think something about them, they they were supposed to look identical. They had the exact same outfit, similar body types. And I feel like most of their choreography had to do with their hair. So I was trying to look at their faces, but uh, I couldn't tell. Yeah, That (laughs) was a lot of fun. Uh, 2008, we stayed with the single act. It was Tom Petty. Uh, Again, just came out and did nothing but the hits. And it was a very chill feel. It was completely 180 from Prince, which was really high energy, mm-hmm. dark. Um, but, you know, just again, like the the really wild guitar solos, all that stuff. And then you get yeah. to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And it was just a really chill halftime performance. It did not seem like a Super Bowl halftime by any means. But no. I thought it was good. I gave it a B just because I really do like Tom Petty. Uh, but it was a very different feel. Uh, mm. 2009, which is another one where we almost missed. It was Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I gave it a B minus. Um, I don't know. It was a little silly yeah. kind of, uh, and I lo- I like Bruce a lot, but it was just, again, I think at this point I was already yearning for another, just <laughs> bring out 10 mega stars all at once right. type of situation. Yeah. I liked his beginning monologue, um, but my eyes were glossed over this yeah. whole time. I, I felt, yeah, the out. monologue at the beginning where he said, step back from the guacamole dip. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, I like that he did that. Yeah, no doubt. And then 2010 is really, to me, like, again, getting towards the end of this one-act era, and it was The Who. Um, really strong visuals throughout. They had a lot of laser show-type stuff going on throughout the entire thing. Um, <laughs> and, I again, it was one of those, you know, they've got just uh, they've got plenty of hits. So right. it was like most of the people in the stadium and watching that knew every one of those songs. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just 
another just classic performance. I gave it a B, similar to a lot of these, where it was just like really good. It just wasn't as big of a splash as I would have liked. Yeah, um, I, I kind of took it a different direction. I feel like maybe my mood was a little bit different than uh, yours when we watched this. I said, annoyed by these rock bands at this point, stupid strobe lights. Yes, but and I wonder too, like we... we we did this horrible way of doing this where we had to force feed ourselves for like five hours straight. God. And I mean, this was, it was kind of like, okay, it goes, it goes McCartney, Rolling Stones, Prince, Tom Petty, The Who. And I don't know, again, Prince is the outlier and all that to me, but it, it was kind of like, oh, it's just another, another one where one. it's just one of these uh, awesome performers, but nonetheless, just one group mm-hmm. singing the hits. And all I'm thinking about is, you know, you, you know, we're not too many years away from Kid Rock, Nelly, P. Diddy, Janet, and Timberlake <laughs> all in one show. And that's what right. I want. You know, mm. That's what I want. Uh, 2011 was the Black Eyed Peas. Um, this was the one where I wrote down, definitely should have lip synced at moments. <laughs> Again, I really I like their music, that. but it's not music that is easily carried out in a live performance. Right. I think, you know, a lot of their music is more of like a dance, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Dance um, club type mix type stuff. This is another one where I mentioned the sound quality. I can't really remember, but I was like, what the hell yep. with the sound quality? I agree. Again. Now, in this one, though, you did have some other people make a, a uh, an appearance. Mm-hmm. Slash shows up, and then Fergie goes over there and sings Sweet Child of Mine. Which I really loved Slash. that. I thought that was fun. I, I thought it was fun, but the, I also didn't think the performance was good. You know, I don't yeah, know. And I mean, in the middle of that, too, I asked a question like, is Fergie really that great? You know what I mean? <laughs> is she really that great? And then she went Uh-oh. over there and did that. And the problem is with that, you've got Slash and such an iconic song with such a that requires such a big, booming vocal. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel like she had it. it. All I could think about was the whole time is like they should have just brought Axel out for this, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm sure that wasn't an option for whatever reason. But... I mean, it just didn't work. Her she her did vocals good over it. I liked it. I thought it yeah. was really good. And ultimately, the Black Eyed Peas were an amazing choice for halftime. I thought they were a mm-hmm. good choice. I don't think it was carried out the right way. That's fair. Um, and then Usher, Usher dropped from heaven. Dropped is what you said. <laughs> yes, he just came out of the sky basically <laughs> and shows up, and he got to perform, and that was a lot of fun. Um, mm. And that's what I wrote down on this. I said, not the sharpest production, but a lot of fun. I gave it a B minus. Any other mm-hmm. thoughts on 11? Uh, no, not really. Moving on to... Go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I'm I sorry. said I like the Black Eyed Bees. Yeah. So they were fun. Good music. That was the other thing. One. We had the conversation of, okay, we know Fergie. We know Will I Am. And it was like, <laughs> do the other, other two dudes, dudes even do anything? <laughs> and they, and they did. both sing. And yeah. This, yeah. So and they, nice. Uh, but... I don't know. Not that good. <laughs> Not that good. Um, all right. So then moving on to 2012. This one was mm. a lot of fun, I thought. This was Madonna was mm. the headliner. Uh, but then Another great choice. Another great choice. And in all honesty, the next group that shows up was a lot of fun, and that was LMAFO. <laughs> And I had forgotten about them. I had erased them from my memory. And so that was a lot of fun when they showed up because they're kind of like this weird blend of like, you know, hip hop party. And they kind of look like 
Humpty Hump from back in my time. Mm. I don't know. It was a very... Uh, <laughs> Madonna got on one of their shoulders. Yes. And it was great. And just the way they would dance around. It was a little yeah. awkward, but it was a lot of fun. It was amazing. Uh, the great Nicki Minaj shows mm-hmm. up here. Yeah, and that's got to be super early Nicki, right? I mean, I she so. couldn't have been that big in 2012, yeah. especially because she was with someone named MIA. Is that right? Yes. And... Uh, we don't think it's Mia. It is M-I-A. Like, were they all caps? I, yes, it okay. was all caps. There were periods in okay. between it. got it. Um, yeah. No, that was great. This one is when I had started, uh, because I think we missed, well, yeah, Bruce Springsteen yeah. we missed. And so at this point, I start. I pulled up the halftime like list or whatever. That way I could make sure we were on the right one after everyone started. And it would also have the guests next to it. So for this one, I went ahead and just read ahead. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes. LMFAO. Yes. It's going to be there. I can't wait. Nicki Minaj. And then <laughs> the last Minaj. guest that pops up is CeeLo Green. Yeah. Another one I had kind of, you know, just struck from my memory. Right. Um, I only know that one song by him. Yeah, he me too. He has a great voice, though. He has an outstanding voice, and he's kind of a high-energy little dancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was amazing. I thought that was <laughs> CeeLo yeah. Green and... Madonna. That was at a the great end, duo. Though. The like yeah. a prayer at the end where he mm-hmm. puts on like a church robe looking thing yes. and kind of just background vocalizes mm-hmm. for her. But man, Madonna was just awesome. I thought to me, I gave, I gave this one an A even. I don't know why I didn't give it an A plus thinking back on it, but just because Madonna just, it felt like the ultimate flex kind of just like, you know, and again, right. this is late Madonna by 2012 mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, but it was just a great performance. It was uh, great. She had a, a, a lot of uh, giant hits and got to get a few of them into that performance as well. Uh, 2013, Beyonce. Beyonce, an amazing intro. And I have to be honest, I like fell in love with Beyonce watching this. Yes. Like I, I was like, oh my, oh God, my gosh, so amazing. Yeah, she did love awesome. Her. I gave this one an A as well. Uh, giant production, I thought. Mm-hmm. And now we go back to the time Timberlake didn't bring his boys from NSYNC with him mm-hmm. because the rest of Destiny's Child got to get up on the stage for a little yep. bit with Beyonce. <laughs> But the best part, one of the funniest parts of this was like, I felt like they were all, she had started single ladies or maybe it was halfway in it. And mm-hmm. the two Destiny's Child, the other two were still up there. And then she basically said, everybody give them a round of applause, <laughs> which to me was her way of saying, get the hell off my stage. <laughs> right now. You're <laughs> yes, done. This is it. You're done. Oh my gosh. I mean, and to quote this year's performer, Beyonce this year was the only girl in the world you know the Rihanna song? No. Oh, gosh. I want to make you feel... Yeah, yeah no, like I got it. I'm sorry. Yeah, Beyonce is the only girl in the world. Yes. What a performer. Um, amazing outfit. Amazing production. Yeah, every great. everything about it. It was mm-hmm. definitely really good. Um, moving on, 2014. This is my fourth and final a plus. Oh, really? Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure some of these A's you could probably argue, but it was Bruno Mars. Uh, it starts with like a dr- uh, him on the drums mm-hmm. in the center of the well, field on a mini stage, right? No. Well, that is basically the start of it, which I think I loved. I loved having him on the drums in the yes. beginning. But the children's choir is what we opened on, right? If so, or I didn't write it down. it was after the drums. Maybe. I, I hate children. when children... Not, 
<laughs> I just hate children's voice. Well, not th- even that. I just hate children's choirs in songs, in like pop songs. There, nothing gets under my skin more than when someone puts a children's choir in their song. Yeah. Or just a group. What of song kids. was it? Um, I can't remember what they. Oh, they were singing the uh, billionaire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Like that was a good song choice, I guess. But then the first song that Bruno opens on, and I'm just imagining like these kids are still running off of the field a little yes. bit as he's starting this one. It's locked out of heaven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just an interesting choice. I just thought the energy was awesome. And then the red hot chili pepper showed up and man, yeah, that just took it to cool. a whole, it was just explosive together on the stage. Those two mm-hmm. Bruno Mars with them. It was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought this one did a really good job too of hitting you in the feels at the end with the tri- another tribute to the troops mm-hmm. to where again, it was just like, this was the one where it was big energy. Uh, Bruno Mars on the drums was just something I do not remember, but I won't forget now that I've watched it just because it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And then the tribute at the end was really special. So it was oh. kind of, to me, it hit all the all the spots. Yeah. I think overall for this one, I said it was not as good as I would have expected from Bruno Mars, but that might have just been affected by his coming right after Beyonce, and he's still a top 10. Yeah, yeah. Bruno Mars is amazing. No doubt. 2015, Katy Perry. Um, very memorable one. Yeah, it was very memorable because she entered on a large golden, <laughs> I don't know if it was a lion or a tiger, maybe it was a liger. Like uh, our boy Napoleon Dynamite used to draw, but yeah. nonetheless, uh, the thing that was most memorable to me about this uh, was the like I felt like they had just discovered the floor graphics tricks, mm-hmm. and so they had a lot of graphics really cool. on this giant floor that where it looked like the floor was moving or falling away. Mm-hmm. It was a little overdone because oh, it was like they think? figured it out and it was like, let's do this now. Now let's do this. You know, <laughs> I thought and, it was amazing, but it was really cool. At and, least the dark horse part was really cool with the chest. Yes, no mm-hmm. doubt. Uh, and Missy Elliott shows up in this as well, and that was a lot yeah. of fun. And they performed together a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. This one we really pulled out all the stops. Katy Perry's 2015, this did everything right that the rock bands did wrong. Yeah. This one had the best production value so far. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. was. Oh. I also thought he was a great addition. Anytime that you can bring I didn't in, even write him down. Oh, yeah, they did I Kissed a Girl. And I yes. think that anytime you can bring an electric guitar into a song that doesn't normally have it, that makes it even like next level for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good great point. idea. That's a good point. Um, 2016, Coldplay. Which I just don't. I just wasn't a giant Coldplay guy. It was fun. The thing Mm -hmm. I I liked most about this because it was so different from all the years previous is it was Mm -hmm. daylight. They were obviously somewhere Mm -hmm. on the West Coast and it was still sunshiny outside. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just I kind of liked it. We have Bruno Mars also shows back up for this one as well as Beyonce again. Yes. So they clearly knew they had a couple of hits from mm-hmm. years past and let's <laughs> and, and Coldplay wasn't bad. I thought they were no, good. I thought they were not. good. Um I I do like Coldplay. They have a lot of songs that I love. I don't really like that this was in the middle of the day, but I guess, you know, it's a change or whatever. And I love how much Mr. Coldplay was enjoying himself. Yes. Like, he was, was having fun. fun. Yeah. He was. And that made it all a lot better, even if he wasn't like as good and his songs weren't as energetic yeah. as some of the other ones. I remembered this halftime so well, but I don't remember any of Coldplay's parts. 
which is weird, which now I do. Yeah. Like, and I like their parts, but thinking back on like when this aired in 2016, I remember Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Yes. I think you bring up a good point there with Coldplay and that a lot of times in with these, you don't feel like, like he was some, like, and I don't know his name, but the lead singer of Coldplay was very much present yes. in the moment and enjoying it. And I appreciate you know what I mean? that. Yes, yeah, definitely. It didn't feel like it was just a performance with him. Mm-hmm. It literally felt like he was just up there having fun with everybody. And he did have, remember at the beginning, there was a little bit of uh, where he was just, all the kids were running behind him kind of yeah. onto the field or something like that. And he was just mm-hmm. on the... On a on a knee kind of yeah. or something I don't know but um, yeah good one I gave it a B plus mm-hmm. uh, even though it did have a lot of hits thinking back on that one I probably should have graded that a little higher yeah. 2017 whoa, whoa we're not done with we're 16. not done sorry go oh. go 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 um, this is the Bruno that I love he can really dance yes and it's so fun to watch and it's amazing and he's a great singer and everything and Beyonce's dancers killed it I feel like both Bruno and Beyonce stepped up the game of like their backup dancers yes. I feel like they were better this time. And um, I remember this year I was taking a dance class or whatever, and I think we might have had a class classes on Monday. And all we talked about for the first five minutes was that moment when it looks like Beyonce is almost going to fall, and then she catches herself in yeah. these heels. Yes. Remember, and I asked you about it, didn't I? As we were watching it so. this time, yeah, like, like, did, did she, she almost, almost fall? fall? Yeah. Yep. Did. Yeah, that was it. Was a lot of fun. Bruno Mars is so much fun. He he's kind of. I mean, he basically is kind of embodies what Michael was a little bit. I think at I their at their that. best. I mean, they're they're similar and in, in dance and energy and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was a good one. Now, do I have your permission to move on? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, <Go ahead. laughs> 2017, Lady Gaga. What do you think music. of this one? Uh, great music. Lady Gaga has a great discography. Um, took even more advantage of the space with uh, starting up on top of the stadium and then yes. jumping down like a spider. Flying, flying down. Yeah, that, that was the weird part to me is as she was coming down and her legs were kind of kicking or moving as mm-hmm. she was floating through the air. It just looked very <laughs> odd to me. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I thought, you know, performance-wise... She's a lot of fun. I think it was really uh, her songs that carried it for me. I think overall, like the production of this, like after the things that we had seen the past few years, I was just like, eh, yeah, you know, whatever. But she has great music, and so that's what really uh, was awesome about it. But the million reasons, like piano breakdown, I did not like that. I was like, why do we really have to do this right now? Can you just not? Yeah. Can we just keep? Going with the other hits. What did she sing where she played the piano? Was it the million reasons? Million reasons, yeah. yeah. Which was probably a gigantic hit in 2017, I'm assuming. Yeah, probably. Uh, On to 2018, I gave this one an A and really was really close to doing this one uh, as an A plus. But this is Justin Timberlake all by himself. I don't think anyone ever came out except for. At some point, the shadow of the deceased oh, prince. Yes. And if you remember in Prince's halftime, they did that deal where they shine the light behind him and that giant sheet started flapping in. Mm-hmm. And so they basically redo that very similar looking scenario at one point, plus kind of also just play some video of Prince. Mm-hmm. It's in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is where Prince was from. And, um, 
Timberlake does a lot of his own songs, but ends up at some point on the piano where he says, this is for you, Minneapolis. And he plays, I would die for you, which is Prince's song while the thing flies up in the air. And now all of a sudden you see the silhouette of of Prince dancing against this sheet. Like he's on the other side of it. I just thought it was awesome. I thought, you know, Timberlake's great. I don't Mm. even know that much Timberlake music, but I did feel like I knew all those songs, but man, he's just a performer. I mean, he just knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he he's great. He has another amazing discography that I feel like they could have done more with. Like he has an, a great set of songs for the halftime show, yes. I think. And I think maybe just production wise, maybe it was lacking. I did like this one a lot more watching it this time than I remember liking it in 18. Yeah. I think in 18, I was just like, yeah, okay. Um, I think somewhere in the, it, some Janet documentary, they mentioned that he invited her to be a guest in this one, and she declined. Or didn't she'd think have it to show the left boob this time, or what? <laughs> she didn't want to do I that. I don't know. I guess not. I guess not. Huh. Um, I would have liked to see her there, though. That oh, been no doubt. Really that would have cool. been really cool because it would have been a callback um, to that moment. I'm sure. Um, kid, the the thing we talked about was at the end of this, the kid in the stance. <laughs> Who looks like he's trying to get away from Justin yeah. after he takes his picture and is like, it's really odd, and I don't remember it, but you told me to watch for it, and then <laughs> it's like Timberlake goes into the stands to kind of sing at the end, mm-hmm. and then there's this kid he's with who Justin kind of helps him take a selfie of the two of them. Yeah. But then the kid doesn't know what to do because he's literally <laughs> right next to Justin Timberlake. On the and it's screen. like, do you, it's so close to him that it would be awkward to turn and stare at him. <laughs> but it's also like he clearly doesn't want to <laughs> dance because he knows he's on TV and he'll never live down his horrible dance moves. And uh, I don't know. Poor I just, kid. I just immediately like that. Uh, all right. So, uh, mm. After after the Super Bowl and everything that night, mm-hmm. as I was trying to you know go to sleep, laying there in bed, and I and I thought on my phone like I'm gonna go watch that again. I went and watched just <laughs> that part, just because the kid is just like I don't like know. I want to know where he is now. I mean, again, that was only <laughs> yeah, what five years ago. So he's uh-huh. you know instead of being nine or ten, I guess he's a teenager or something now. But. Nonetheless, I thought, I, again, performance was great. I could have been talked into bumping this one up as well, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I gave it an A even. Mm-hmm. Uh, ni- uh, 2019. Maroon 5. Maroon 5. And I wrote down with SpongeBob things. What yeah. was that? You know, that was really cool. There's, uh, you're not familiar with SpongeBob at all. Not right? enough. I don't think so. Square pants. That's um, all I know. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know. They were referencing some episode where SpongeBob is like, I don't even really know what it is. It was some like band thing that we did and it was like a big deal or whatever. And that is Travis Scott's intro. And then it's like this part of SpongeBob, I think, where it's like this fireball thing that SpongeBob is in. And then Travis Scott comes down. We cut back to the, uh, field and he is descending in this fireball-looking thing, and I think they had done some like computer editing on that, but it looked really cool. Yeah, it and was I loved neat. It. Yeah, um, I have very little memory of this year's performance. Like before watching it this time, I don't think I remembered it at all, and I really didn't need girls like you to be in it. 
Like, I think a lot of these artists, they just have one song where I'm like, do you have to do that yeah. one? I don't like it. I just wonder on some of that, like the timing of it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that, I bet if you were to go back, look at two, early 2019, that was probably near the top of the charts or something. So it was yeah, a must. Probably. And Justin Timberlake did Can't Stop the Feeling, that yeah. song from Trolls. Yes. I never really love, no. but it's okay. Outcast also shows up here. Um, mm. And I thought that was a lot of fun, but they didn't really, it was very limited and it felt very kind of uh, unplanned. It was almost like at the last second, they were like, oh yeah, we're in Atlanta. Why don't we let Outcast jump out there for a little bit and do something? <laughs> so they come driving out in a vehicle and get up on stage and they kind of do, they did um, They did a song, but no, I can't even remember what it was, but I just remember like it didn't feel like it was part of it. Like it yeah. didn't feel like it was part of the same production necessarily, but I gave that one a B minus because again, not a big Maroon Five. I like Travis Scott, but I felt like it was kind of limited in what his involvement was. Yeah. So here we are in 2020, and that was Shakira and J Lo. That was a good one. This one I remember the anticipation for this one the most. Yeah. Because J Lo is amazing in every way and I love her and I was so excited to see it. I don't really love Shakira, which kind of soured my whole thing on it. Like the original year that we watched it, I was just like, get Shakira out of there. I want to see J Lo. Like, move on, please. I just don't really like Shakira's voice. Really, but um, I think she did really good, and w- in hindsight, rewatching it, and I was like, Shakira's good. Yeah, like, I this thought was she really was good. good. She I thought good. they both did a good job. I, you know, we had the conversations we were watching it, and I don't know if I just didn't watch it th- this year, that in 2020, or mm-hmm. stepped out during halftime, or whatever. But I did not think that's who Shakira was. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by like. Like I, in my mind, <laughs> I have a different woman's face for Shakira than that. Okay. You know what I mean? And I don't know where it came from. And I started trying to think of who am I confusing her with right now. <laughs> but I thought she was great. I thought J-Lo was great. Bad Bunny and uh, J Balvin also show up for limited roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun. I gave it a B even. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I thought this one was uh, really good. And then the Let's Get Loud and Born in the USA little mashup that they did, that was really fun. Yeah. And where J-Lo has the, uh, I don't know what you would call that, but it's like this feathery, like fluffy thing that she's wearing. Yes. And I think it on like the back, it's the American flag. And then when you open it up, it was... I didn't look up what that flag was, but I, I assume know. that, I don't know, <laughs> we'll just move on. And then uh, she also brought kids on for uh, that part of it, and but I didn't mind it there. I was like, that works. Yeah, That's these good. kids are okay. Yeah, these, these kids these are okay. Kids are okay. Bring it's J-Lo's kids. Yeah. You know, we could, we 1987 kids, y'all suck. But these kids, <laughs> yeah, they're these all right. These kids are good. <laughs> uh, 2021 was The Weekend, uh, All By Himself. Mm. Um... I don't know. I remembered this one, or at least parts of it. Yeah. I, d- I just didn't love this. It was, I gave it a B minus. I was just kind of like, okay, I like some of the music. I didn't think the performance was that great uh, in terms yeah. of, I don't know. And again, maybe his music is more of that, like it doesn't translate as well live. You know, some stuff just doesn't. Um, oh, especially nice. in a big production like that where there's just so much going on and everything. I guess. I kind of like I... the dancers that all wore their, because when he did, I can't, what's that song? I, I can't, can't feel, feel my, my face. face. When he did that, all these dancers show up with like 
almost like their faces are wrapped almost as mm. if, you know, they're whatever, burn victims or something. But then they never <laughs> take them off. No, they keep them on the whole time. And uh, no, I think the weekends, this one to me was uh, really good. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say it was like superb, but it was really, really good. Like the beginning when all of the choir people, they have these masks with red eyes and that was like actually kind of creepy. And I think the actual beginning, it's him sitting in that car and the camera's like moving around. Because it looks like a still image at first and then cool camera tricks. And then, you know, he also goes into that room with all the mirrors and the gold and all those people are rushing by him, like running into him and they're kind of just like, you know, going limp with their bodies running. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And then I can't remember what song it is. I think it's one of his earlier ones um, that they start, like, with the whole field being there on. And um, and that was really cool because it was, uh, I don't know, I can't really remember what it sounded like, but it was just, like, grand. And it was the perfect one to cut to at that moment. I yeah. think it was, like, choir kind of stuff. I yeah. can't remember, but yeah. I just love that moment. Yeah, uh, so then 2022, I gave this one an A, Grace, not an A+. Plus. The thing about that, I'm surprised about that from you. Well, it was like all of my favorite people, mm-hmm. but I just didn't love the performance that much. I mean, I did love certain aspects of it, um, but it's kind of like when you take, so this was uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, uh, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, um, love them all. But it's mm-hmm. also kind of like when you put them in a scenario like that, they also kind of have to censor everything back a little bit. So now you're dealing with that a little, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, it was just, I, it's like they're standing on the roof of a, of a house mm-hmm. or something. And there's a bunch of rooms below where people are just <laughs> partying. I did mm-hmm. think of all of it. Uh, I mean, I love Snoop. Uh, and I love Eminem, love Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. But to me, I thought Kendrick kind of stole the show. Uh, and I just thought his just yeah. purely on how he, you know, kind of with all the dancers around him and everything. And um, I just thought, again, I liked it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I, you know, obviously gave it an A. But the, um, I don't know, predictable a little bit too, you know, uh, yeah. with some things like we talked about. Eminem. What What's Eminem going to do? Well, of course, he's got to do mom's spaghetti. You know, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> right. he didn't even get a choice in that. It was no, probably, probably like, not. this is what you got to do because it's your cool most commercial, you know, thing. So, um, yeah, this one, the thing is, I don't think I watched this one. I think I watched this one for the first time. Really? With this watch through. And I'm thinking about it because then I was curious and I tried to like look up what some of the commercials were, like who was playing. And I really don't have a memory of any of it. And I'm thinking about it because this year I was uh, out at Tarleton. Yes. And I guess, you know, just no one there was interested in it. And I didn't even realize it was happening as it was happening. Yeah, I remember this very well just because, like, I feel like I was thinking about and talking about the hat. This is probably the most anticipated halftime performance for me ever Mm, just because as soon as they announced it i was like oh wow this is gonna be fun and then i feel like it originally was announced like it's dr dre and then Mm -hmm. like a week or two later there'd be something saying snoop dogg to join eminem Mm -hmm. to join kendrick to join all this stuff you know and and Mm -hmm. uh but it was really cool i I did like it a lot but i don't know what would have made it better for me um it probably could only disappoint because i was so excited (laughs) for it you know what i mean yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I 
I really like this one. I loved the house idea. Yeah. It was like, I, I could only describe it as a dollhouse with the way that the front is completely exactly. open. Exactly. That's and a great way to put it. And stairs yeah. and whatever. Um, something that bugged me a little bit was that uh, Kendrick, like his whole part was not in the house. He was like standing in front, in front of it. Yeah. And I was like, why? I'm Why sure. Do you have to do that? Well, his entire like the the dancers around <laughs> him would have taken up way too much space. I guess it's like when he came out, it was like there was twenty of them, and he was in the middle of it all, kind of, <laughs> you know. And then they kept doing that; they would kind of disband and dance yeah, and then surround him. His part him was again. cool, but it's like Kendrick, dude. Yeah, like like there. This is like the major players of this uh, whole genre, basically, yeah. and like. Kendra, you're really cool, but like, try to not overstep your uh, your graces here. Yeah. You know, get back in the house again. Though, like, if you think of it, like for 2022. You know, there's a generation that is just like Kendrick and a bunch of mm-hmm. this is, that they're watching Kendrick Lamar and a bunch of old dudes. You know what I mean? Like I all of these so. guys were, yeah, they were all. I mean, anywhere from, you know, achieving success in the late 80s to the early 2000s. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Snoop's kind of always in, on everyone's radar because he's kind of transcended into commercials and other things, you know. Yes. And Dre kind of has his his hands on a lot of talent. Eminem's not too far separated from being very relevant, you know, mm-hmm. with, new, with new material. But... Um, and 50 Cent's, the, the song that he did was, uh, I think most people would know that Oh, today. yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, I don't know. Kendrick's yeah. part was really cool. Um, I wish that, I don't know, I guess they would have just contained it more because I thought that the dollhouse thing was a really cool idea. Um, and then, I don't know, they yeah. just felt like they walked away from it. And then Eminem doing Lose Yourself was, I mean, I'm fine with it because I'm not really a huge Eminem fan, but, you know. Something different. Yeah. He has other hits that I think. Oh yeah, better. he does, and I think just all of them are probably a little less commercial, a little bit, more, a little bit riskier too. You know, in terms of the mm-hmm. feedback that they all have to worry about getting. So that takes us to this year, which was Rihanna. We purposely waited a podcast to where we could watch that too to incorporate it. Yes. Uh, I thought it was good, but nothing that, like, I don't have any moment in this one where I'm like, I got to go back and see that again or anything yeah, like that. It, it just wasn't. I knew good. all the songs, which I was surprised kind Were of, you? Yeah, yeah, I guess I just was sitting there thinking like, I don't know if I could name four or five, but then we started looking at, cause Vegas put odds on the first mm-hmm. one that she would sing. And so we all kind of made our picks right before that. And none mm-hmm. of us picked bitch better have my money. Which that's what she came out or right. opened with, uh, so none, none of us would have been winners. Dang it! But I thought so it was good. I thought it was good. Um, I found out after the fact she was pregnant. I didn't the whole time, like during the entire performance. <laughs> yeah. She was, like she didn't get pregnant halfway <laughs> no. through. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like you know, she was pregnant. Well, the and whole it's time. almost like so. This is a good example, though, too, of. Um, you know, like sometimes I feel like I'm walking the tightrope with you and your sisters <laughs> on if I say the wrong thing sometimes. <laughs> but throughout that entire thing, I thought, man, is she pregnant? That's what I but was I thinking But I thought, too. if I say this out loud, <laughs> I'm going to be thrown under the bus for, you know, shaming know. Rihanna on her body or whatever, Gosh, you know? Yeah. So I just never said anything. And then mom actually did Google it and she said, well, she had a kid not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's just still whatever. And I was just like, I don't know. And then the next morning, I think 
mom said, no, I saw something else that she is <laughs> pregnant, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I was wondering that too, but I just, I didn't bother enough to say anything or ask. Um, yeah, this one was fun. It just needed more. There just wasn't enough. Yeah. We needed more stuff. It, it was, it was good, but yeah. really not that good. All the tampons too. All the tampons. <laughs> I did love the background dancers. Like they, they were killing it. That yeah, was awesome. No doubt. Um, uh, I had one other thing about Rihanna. I don't really uh, remember what it was, though. The, um, well, so, Grace, when we started this, we thought 30 to 45 minutes were at an hour and mm-hmm. a half, <sighs> which is okay. This was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It was a fun a project. It was a far larger undertaking than I really thought mm-hmm. as we were going into it. It was mm-hmm. like once we got to the late 90s, it was like, oh, my gosh, we're still over <laughs> 20 away. You know, it's like, what are we doing? I did find Rolling Stones came out and ranked oh. all of them. I'm just going to give you real quick from the top. Okay. So number one, 2007 Prince. Mm. Number two, 2002 U2. Which I gave both those A pluses, and I would agree. I thought they were both great. I don't agree with either of those choices. Number three, 2013, Beyonce. All right. I'll accept that. I'm not going to go too much further on Mm -hmm. this. Number four was 2022, which was Dre, Snoop, Eminem, all of them. Mm -hmm. Number five was 2001, which was Aerosmith, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Nelly, and Mary J. Blige, which was also an A plus. Uh, six was Shakira and J-Lo, seven, Bruce Springsteen. I don't know what we missed on that. And I love Bruce, but I just didn't think it was that great. (laughs) Uh, eight, number eight, number eight, Rihanna. Oh, so they put her at number eight, literally. And again, it looks like they posted this that night and I'll just round Mm -hmm. down the top 10. Number nine was Madonna in 2012. Loved it. Number 10, Lady Gaga. In 2017. So yeah, you can Google I'd that say. if anybody wants to go see how the Rolling Stones ranked it. But Half just remember that list is secondary spot. to us, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Uh, okay, wait. I actually made some ideas okay. for uh, the Super Bowl. So this is what... These Ooh, are some of my If you were pitches. in charge. If, this is if I was in charge, what would happen? Um, so this is something you mentioned that a drum line needs to be in every halftime. I, I completely agree. agree. I remember uh, I watched the VMAs for some reason. I can't remember why, but Lil Nas X, he had a drum line for one of it. And I was like, oh, gosh, that he just stole the show with that. Yes. It's just amazing. Um, I think BTS, I feel like it is probably not inevitable. Maybe they're just not like generically popular enough, but I think they would do amazing with it. I don't really know any of their music, but I've seen them perform. This is the K-pop great. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah. I think they would. Yeah. We saw them on the VMAs or something a few years ago. Yeah. They'd be fun. I think they'd be good. Um, Instead of a musician, give it to like one actor. Just like McConaughey gets up there and reads a chapter of Green Lights or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be my choice. Um, but uh, like a real suggestion, I guess, would be Tom Cruise. Um, but no, uh, like McConaughey, Steve Carell. Those are my suggestions. And what are they doing? What are they doing exactly? We just let them figure it out. Maybe they just take a walk through uh, their filmography. Yeah. Obviously, like I think Tom Cruise would be the best choice ever for that, but I think it would be funny if we did Matthew McConaughey. I kind of like it. Yeah. What if you just said, Matthew McConaughey, you're going to go out there and be Wooderson for 13 minutes. (laughs) You just say and do whatever you want. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. That let's just see what happens. Fun. Let's yeah. just try it one year. I don't think it's a horrible 2024, idea. Let's just try it. Why not? Um, a Star Wars theme that is there throughout. I don't know what artist we could get that would uh, do that and do Chewy. it amazingly. But, Chewy. Um, the guy who played okay. Chewy died, though. Oh. Poor guy. Poor guy. Okay, yeah. Um, Star Wars theme, uh, Swan Lake would be cool, but like dramatized, obviously, and somewhat modernized. Um, and then the Jonas Brothers. I don't know if they're like quite old enough for it to work. You know, like uh, yeah. generation-wise, but I think that they would be really good probably in the future, maybe like five to ten years. I think they would be the perfect fit. Uh, Taylor Swift. I would argue that maybe Taylor's too big for it now. That's I don't what know if I she'd wrote that to. down. I wrote down. <laughs> ta- I was like, who could be twenty twenty four? Like, who could be mm. the next A plus? Right? And I don't even right. know that Taylor would be the A plus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it would be great and all, but I'm just kind of. I was sitting there thinking, like, who's got the ability to just like for thirteen minutes? To me, like the things I want are I like numerous stars, mm-hmm. big energy. In the feels, kind of like if there's a mm-hmm. reason for them to pull at our heartstrings, do it. You know, like okay. we love it. You know, um, or at least for me. And then I like kind of I like the surprise too. And I know all these years, all, all these people were probably announced ahead of time, but uh, some of them probably mm-hmm. weren't. And some, but they were surprises to me going back. And I really found that to be the most exciting thing. Like when Usher came flying out of heaven, it was just like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's Usher. Ah. <laughs> yes, it was just, that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, similar to that one, my last suggestion, and this one I don't think would ever happen, but I think it would be awesome. Okay. So the headliner would be MGK. Okay. okay? He's pretty popular right now. Like I'd, and, it, it'll, it'll work. It'll be good enough. MGK, and, okay? And then with Avril Lavigne as kind of a co-head, one of the co-headliners, and Blink-182 as the other one. You would be the only person that didn't step back from the guacamole dip. <laughs> Everyone else is just at the guacamole <laughs> oh, come bowl. On. No, this would be great. This would be great, okay? It would be and, uh, fun. They would surprise people. Right. And it would help blow them up to another level. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, Jaden, or Jexton as we call him, would come on for part of like Blink's little part yeah. and uh, do something or sing with them. And then I would like Modson to come on during Avril's little part. Okay. Since they are fiancé, they have multiple songs together, and he is just amazing. Uh, this, is good, this is a tangent, but we'll get into it some other time. Modson deserves so much more. I'll just leave it at that for now. We'll jump yeah, just back into leave that later. It. Just leave that. Just leave we it. probably won't jump back into it either. We will. <laughs> okay. Don't trust me. We will. <laughs> All right. So listen to this. Uh, I wrote down Taylor as well. Okay. And then I was kind of, I don't know. I just was like, to me, it, it could be a lot of different big bands, groups, individuals, whatever. And if the production's right and they mm-hmm. do it right, they're going to nail it. But then I started thinking kind of, and I, and this is similar to you saying actors, because the only other idea I wrote down other than Taylor was uh, Lonely Island. And so it's basically Andy Samberg's going to be the one everyone probably knows who that is, right? Or a lot of people uh, do. Yeah, I guess a lot. But 
And I think you just have them come out and do like three video, like three of their video, like take the videos and mm-hmm. live perform them or change <laughs> them if you want or whatever. But it would almost just be like comedy. You know, it'd be like 14 minutes of everyone laughing at Mother Lover and Dick in a Box and all this Gosh, stuff, right? Okay, to, uh, you're the only one stepping away from the guac bowl for that Yeah, prob- maybe, maybe. More people are stepping away from mine than yours, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then I guess if MGK could get Pete Davidson with him, I'd probably watch. Oh but that's yeah, that's all. great. We got to get Pete out there. He could do the Ben Stiller <laughs> part where he's just <laughs> yeah pumping them all. Yes, up. exactly. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun. It took it took longer to watch them all than we oh, anticipated. God, it yeah. took longer to record this than we anticipated. <laughs> so if you stuck through with us. Uh, definitely let us know what you think either on Instagram we are at Gen Divide Podcast, or you can email us at GenDividePodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. we'd love to hear your thoughts on what your favorite years have been what the m- most ridiculous moments have been whatever whatever uh, hot opinions mm-hmm. you might have feel free to share those with us Please um, do. we do have our we've got another album review coming up for yes. uh, Julian Baker uh, we have got our next movie lined up. Mm-hmm. That'll probably be a couple weeks. That's Bones and All. So make sure you go watch that before we do it. It sounds like it's a instant classic or <laughs> just ridiculously scary. I don't know. Yeah, well, Could we be both. We won't know until we find out. We haven't watched it yet. Could be both. Um, and I think those are the only two we have planned right now, right? I believe so. Yeah, and I yeah. and uh, we'll have more movies, more albums coming, and hopefully more stuff like this, more Super Bowls maybe. But mm-hmm. uh, this was a lot of hopefully. fun, Grace. I enjoyed just sitting there watching a lot of these with you, mm-hmm. and uh, Maddie was uh, present for a lot of those as well, so that was a lot of fun. But we will go ahead and wrap this one up. Anything else you got, Grace? Uh, no, we're good. Just, more Mod uh, Sun. Yeah, more Mod Sun. Be listening for my conversation on him. Yeah. And, you know, go stream his new album, maybe. There you go. Check it out. See if you can become a fan before we talk about him again. Mm -hmm. Well, until next time, then, we hope everyone has an amazing week, and we will be back soon. Thanks a lot. See ya. See ya.